You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Bypassing sanctions is benefiting India's tea industry. Reinvention is routine at Starbucks. South Africa's rooibos industry makes its first payout to indigenous communities, plus a newsmaker Q&A with newly appointed Sri Lanka Tea Board Chair Naraj Demel. Demel is rallying tea stakeholders, growers, manufacturers, producers, brokers, and exporters in the face of formidable challenges. More in a minute. But first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliftia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. India tea exports to the Russian Federation in April were up 19%, demonstrating the immediate benefit of negotiating a rupees-for-rubles settlement to bypass sanctions. Russia in April purchased 3 million kilos of Indian tea compared to the 2.54 million reported in April 2021. The combined Commonwealth of Independent States, CIS, total rose to 4.27 million kilos, according to the Tea Board of India. India exported 3.1 million kilos to the CIS last April. Sales to Ukraine are included in the CIS statistics. Exports there were only 40,000 kilos, down significantly compared to the 120,000 kilos reported in April 2021. Exports to Kazakhstan increased to 1.2 million kilos. Trade with Russia virtually halted in March following the invasion of Ukraine, impacting comparisons of year-to-date quantities. In 2021, Russia imported 8.3 million kilos in January through March, compared to the 6.8 million kilos so far in 2022. May figures are not available, but will likely confirm the trend 
of restoring CIS as India's top tea trading partner, according to sellers. Harvest year totals, January through March of 2022, currently reveal the UAE as India's top trading partner at 10.2 million kilos, up 140% from the 4.2 million kilos during the same period in 2021. Iran has also significantly increased tea imports to become India's third largest trading partner at 7.5 million kilos, which is up 64% through March. Shortages are evident in grocery stores as stocks of European tea brands are gradually depleted in Russia. In addition to India, Russia has turned to China and to sympathetic countries including Iran, Turkey, Georgia, and the Middle East for tea supplies. Russia traditionally has a taste for orthodox black tea, buying much of its stock from Sri Lanka. But as Sri Lanka's financial conditions deteriorate and those in Russia decline, households are buying less expensive Assam CTC. Sri Lanka's tea exports to Russia are down 19% to 8.5 million kilos through May, according to the Sri Lanka Tea Exporters Association. Shipments of tea to Ukraine are down 55% through May. Tea brokers report volume also declined by 57% as both Turkey and Sri Lanka experienced steep declines in the valuation of their respective currencies. An executive at one of Russia's top two tea brands reports that, quote, after spring fluctuations, the Russian tea market is stabilized. Main producers involved solved their logistic problems and are now bringing in tea steadily. As a result of the strengthening of the ruble, shelf prices for packed tea went down, but of course, it's higher than before the war. Regarding Indian prices, yes, prices for Orthodox are higher compared to last year. The main driver in Russia is the Sri Lankan crisis as auction prices skyrocketed in the last couple of months. Orthodox buyers, Russia, the Middle East, etc., have switched to purchasing Assam teas. We expect that in a month or two, the situation will change. Business Insight Incentives for circumventing sanctions are far more compelling for oil than shipments of tea. India paid $1.9 billion for 24 million barrels of oil from Russia in May. Refineries are expecting up to 1 million barrels per day of Russian oil at a 30% discount and refining that crude into jet fuel, gasoline, and diesel, then selling the higher-value distillates to Europe, essentially laundering Russian oil. Prior to the invasion... India imported very little Russian oil until European demand surged. Transactions for oil like tear in U.S. dollars, leading Indian banks to transact settlements in rubles for rupees, a profitable practice with political implications, but a manageable financial downside so long as oil prices remain high and the ruble holds its value.
Starbucks, the most influential specialty beverage retailer in modern times, recently announced that it will reinvent itself again. The challenges described by Interim CEO Howard Schultz in his message to the company's 383,000 partners apply in tea, and his vision offers useful insights. He begins by explaining that, quote, we must modernize and transform the Starbucks experience in our stores and recreate an environment that is relevant, welcoming, and safe, and where we uplift one another with dignity, respect, and kindness. We need to reinvent Starbucks for the future, and to be successful, it will take our collective courage to begin again, end quote. It's clear we're living in a changing world where economic, societal, and operational pressures are colliding, says Schultz. We're seeing unprecedented cultural division and economic trauma, all while navigating a pandemic. And it seems as though every day there is a new crisis to address. In his discussions with staff, he decided what he called five bold moves. First, Re-envision how we bring our mission to life. Second, renew the well-being of retail partners by radically improving their experience. Third, reimagine our store experience for greater connection, ease, and a planet-positive impact. Fourth, reconnect with our customers by delivering memorable and personalized moments. Fifth, Redesign partnerships by creating new ways to thrive together. We aim to be a wholly new kind of company in our industry, said Schultz, setting a new standard. Business Insight Howard Schultz has since announced the company will close 16 profitable locations the staff considers unsafe following assaults and local drug use. The company operates 15,500 U.S. locations and 32,600 globally. Founded in 1971, Starbucks evolved from a Seattle waterfront storefront to earn $30.4 billion last year. Schultz, who returned in April as interim CEO, took Starbucks public in 1992 at a share price of $17. The company has since returned hundreds of billions to investors as its value rose as high as 125 per share, making the company worth $90 billion. Share prices are down, but few doubt the company's ability to deliver a high return on investment. The reason? Ongoing reinvention. The Koi and Song communities native to the rooibos tea lands will receive 12.2 million South African rands, about $715,000 U.S., from the rooibos industry. South Africa's Department of Forestry, Fisheries, and the Environment, DFFE, calculated the payout as a percentage of farm gate purchases in accordance with the 2019 agreement. The historic Honeybush Rooibos and Honeybush Traditional Knowledge Benefit Sharing Allocation is divided equally among the South African SAN Council 
and the National Khoisan Council. The sum is equivalent to 1.5% of farm-grade earnings by the industry's 10 rooibos and honeybush producers. Separate benefit payments for honeybush revenue have yet to be dispersed. Barbara Creasy, minister of the DFFE, writes that, quote, Innovative solutions are required to address the fair and equitable sharing of benefits derived from the utilization of genetic resources and the traditional knowledge associated with its use, end quote. She said that the funds will be used to protect cultural heritage, educate, and improve the livelihoods of the indigenous communities. To access the funds, which are held in separate trusts, the communities are required to submit a formal business plan. The agreements follow the Nagoya Protocol, an international agreement calling for the preservation of biodiversity and sharing benefits that arise from the utilization of genetic resources in a fair and equitable way. Arvinda at Antheraman in Bengaluru reports on this week's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending July 16, 2022. Even as rains continue unabated in the Nilgiris, it has reportedly led to an increase in production by 7% compared to the same period last year. Meanwhile, the Med Department has issued an orange alert for the northeastern states, including Assam, Meghalaya and Arunachal Pradesh this week. In auctions, sale 28, Gohati saw a similar trend to the previous week in prices and volume of sales. Domestic buyers were active. In Kolkata, exporters were active for Orthodox and Darjeeling tea. Hindustan Unilever has been active in the auctions for CTC leaf and dust. Prices dropped slightly from the previous week. In the south, some dust grades were sold in Cochin, but CTC leaf and Orthodox leaf saw more takers. Orthodox leaf had buyers for CIS countries and the Middle East, and also Hindustan Unilever. Kunu saw a good uptake of all tea types. Prices were similar to the previous week, with fewer outlots. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade understands that a successful tea blend goes beyond the creative fusion of appearance, aroma, and flavor. Our multi-award winning product development team is passionate about converting natural ingredients into sensory experiences that customers crave. Every recipe is formulated with a commercial backbone of dependable quality sourcing with a pricing structure that supports a safe, regulated, profitable, and scalable blend. Q-Trade meets every brand's retail, food service, and e-commerce need. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. TBiz travels to Sri Lanka this week, where newly appointed tea board chair Naraj Demel is rallying tea stakeholders, growers, manufacturers, producers, brokers, and exporters in the face of formidable challenges. Demel told TBiz correspondent Dananjaya Silva that, quote, I am privileged to take on this role at such a crucial time. Sri Lanka is in turmoil. Politically and financially, the country of 22 million is struggling as widespread demonstrations continue. Unrest is tied to food inflation exceeding 50% with critical shortages of cooking gas, fuel, and reliable electricity. The country is in default, its currency devalued, 
with a depressed sovereign credit rating that discourages outside investment. Government bankers are at an impasse in negotiating a bailout from the International Monetary Fund that depends on difficult reforms, which will include higher taxes and changes in governance. Tea producers are confronting all of the above challenges, but the Ceylon tea brand remains resilient. Last year, the industry generated 1.3 billion in foreign currency, exporting 300 million tons, of which 270 million was high-value orthodox tea. An industry veteran, Mr. Niraj Demel, was named chairman of the Sri Lanka Tea Board in June 2022, his second appointment to a position that was first held in 2004. I sit down to discuss the challenges that Sri Lanka and its tea industry are facing. Tea professionals globally say they're happy to see a safe and steady hand on the tiller as you return to steer the Sri Lanka Tea Board. Given the current political situation, how secure is your position? Well, to start with, uh, let me tell you that a bit of developments prior to my appointment. Come middle of May, the industry stalwarts uh, got together and, you know, they, they thought that, you know, it's time that we tell the, the authorities what we know best and what is what is best to the industry. So arising from that, they also decided the people who we think are best suited for the positions of the TRI and the Sri Lanka Tea Board. But uh, I was asked to step back for obvious reasons and uh, the immediate past chairman went along with this delegation and met the minister and uh, discussed these things and uh, told them because, you see, Dharanjay, uh, uh, we are straight away after a, a debacle as a result of a wrong decision on fertilizer. You know, it's time that we tell the industry that they need to uh, get the feedback from the experts. Plus, the industry will tell them exactly how things should be run, as we have been doing this for the last 155 years. So it's arising from that that I'm in the seat today. Now that the president has been named, will changes in the cabinet likely mean a new minister of plantations? I sincerely hope that he will be reappointed to the position, in which case, of course, there is no issue whatsoever, because uh, he and I, we get on quite well. And to me, he's a minister who sizes up things quite well. He's a learned man, being a doctor, medical doctor himself. If there is going to be a change, be that as it may, I've gone there to do a job of work. First and foremost, we need to steady the ship. The crisis not only impacts the rural tea sector. Service providers in Colombo, the hub for blending, packaging and shipping, report difficulties in obtaining financing, fuel and reliable electrical power. Will you describe how the tea board is addressing these concerns? Yeah, I think there needs to be some uh, clarification on this. But today that's all liberalized. The private sector basically handles it. They carry the can. We are trying as far as possible. And more so now I have actually... <laughs> distilled in, uh, instilled into the minds of uh, the officials at the D-Board that we have to be an enabling outfit. Going back on your for question number two, there's one mm-hmm. item that was missed and that's the fuel factor. Actually, yes. that has taken taken precedence over fertilizer now because uh, to run your factories uh, for the transportation, for collection of leaf, uh, leaves, as well as uh, bringing the manufactured tea down to Colombo, the tea brokers to distribute the samples, the uh, exporter functions, particularly the tea bagging sector where the machines have to be run continuously. All that requires uninterrupted power supply. Power cuts that have been prevailing in this country for the last uh, four or five months is actually a bit of an encumbrance to the people and compounded by the fact that uh, there's a kind of a full scarcity, particularly diesel. We are trying our best to, to contact all concerned have the right message conveyed to ensure that the producers get their 
quota of uh, of fuel that they need. Of course, they cannot have it the way they used to have because the country itself is, you know, uh, importing ship by ship. Of course, the private sector, I must say, particularly the tea export of segment, they have stepped in, uh, which is very magnanimous on their part. To fast track this process, government has said, well, if you can produce uh, uh, the, the foreign exchange, then you are certainly able to get the fuel across. So with that, the private sector exporters have, have come together, banded together to uh, give off whatever they can. When these new problems have arisen over the course of this year through the power cuts, through the fuel, you've already got a very battle-hardened core of, of professionals who are already in the businesses industry-wide. Um, who, are, right. who are who are able to react very quickly um, yeah. and, uh, and actually, you know, make provisions to see that the industry continues to to operate regardless That's of right. the outer factors. That's right. Reaffirming that uh, Sri Lankan tea industry, 155 years, it's uh, one of the resilient industries in this country. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.